thank you for what's about to take place here. Lord, you knew this day would come. And Lord, you knew who would witness, to, witness it either in person, in this room, or digitally. Father, you knew. So Lord, let this be a testimony, not just for those who are close to these folks and who are close to this church, but Lord, to everyone who will hear and everyone who will see that you are real and that this life that you've promised to us is real. And Lord, there are people that are willing, that have faith to dedicate their lives to you. And you are the reason why we're here, Lord. We thank you for everything that you did 2,000 years ago, for redeeming us, for blessing us with your Holy Spirit, and given this ability to live this life that you've planned and purposed for each and every one of us. Father, be with us the rest of the service. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And I want to ask, um, I'm going to ask Jody to come forth first. Now, while Jody's stepping into the tub, you can be seated. See? Yeah, sit down. Ooh. <laughs> try to put your feet out in front of you and slide to this side because this little short guy cannot reach all that way. Yeah. I just want to, while we're getting ready to do this, in, in case, um, you know, may, many of you have been involved in baptisms, you've been baptized yourself, or have you seen it done? I do it just a little bit differently. Um, I've expressed this to several people. I'm going to go ahead, and when I baptize her, I'm going to hold her under the water for a little while. When her legs start to shake real good, <laughs> then I'll know that she's fully repented. And, you know, and, and see, so I'm, 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 you know, I don't want to make light of this very serious situation, but I want to say to you that Jody understands, and everyone understands that's being baptized this morning, this isn't the washing away of sins. This isn't a baptism under repentance. Repentance has already taken place. Amen? This is a statement. Amen? So Jody, just real quick, give a quick testimony. Why do you want to be baptized today? Um, I, I feel with um, the way that the world is today that um, we all need as much help as we can get and having God um, at our side in front of us leading us is necessary. Amen. So you've already been born again, is that correct? Yes. Hallelujah. And we know again that this is a statement as to ways she really is committing her life. Amen? Amen. So Jody, based on your... <laughs> Based on your commitment to the faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are buried with Him in baptism, raised to live in the newness of life. God bless you, sister. Who's next? Hallelujah. Sorry about that, guys, whenever I get in front of the little chili. Yes. Would you like to stand a little while longer? <laughs> okay, put your feet on this side. This side? Yeah. Oh. All right. Okay, well, we'll get, you're called, so, Miss Evie, why is it that you would like to be baptized today?
Well, I was baptized when I was 10 years old, but I didn't have an understanding now that I'm an adult and have really, you know, I'm living, rededicating my life to Christ. I want to make that just official, Amen. you know, that Amen. rededication, Amen. that new Amen. life. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, my dear sister, based on your profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You were buried with Christ in baptism, raised to live in the newness of life. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, I get to dunk one more. And I ain't swimming yet, Catherine. Do you want to come in? No. It is cold, huh? <laughs> so, I'm honored because Miss Anita, we all know, the better half of Luke, <laughs> no, but we all know that she's all the way here from Maryland, and, she's, and I, I'm just so thankful to the Lord that we get to share in this with her. So, Anita, why don't you give a quick testimony? Um, well, uh... I was saved about five years ago. It's taken me a while to get here. But uh, um, I know that Jesus came down from heaven, um, got up on a cross, and made such a great sacrifice. Amen. And I just want to do the best I can to do the same for him. Amen. Amen. So, my dear sister, based on that profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are buried with him in baptism. Raised to live in the newness of life. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody else want to get dunked? Okay. Hallelujah. And again, this is a great, great opportunity for all of us to witness and experience. I want to encourage you. Listen, I want to encourage all of you. Again, um, in this room and watching digitally. I want to encourage any and all, if you haven't yet been baptized, please do so. Amen. Please do so. And we'll, we'll get to that even more. But remember, baptism is not the washing away of your sins. That's been done already. By the time you get to the tub, you should have already done that. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. And then I want to, we're gonna, um, I want to show a quick video. I love this video. I hope you get blessed from it like I do. Then we'll sing a couple more songs and Lord willing, we'll bring a message. Amen? Amen. So Father, thank you so much you, for these three young ladies who outwardly, Father, openly proclaimed that Jesus Christ is now their life. Yes. So Lord, we thank you that they've already received your forgiveness. They've been washed with the blood. And now, Lord, they know that they are raised to live the new life that you've provided for them in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, thank you as we commit the rest of the service to you. God be God in all of our lives. Yes, yes. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure.
can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You see, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him, and the grave couldn't hold him.
Glory to God. The grave is empty. And we are here today celebrating the baptism of our sweet dear sisters and Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Amen. He is risen. Amen. He is risen indeed. Amen? Amen. It's not fictitious. It's not just something that we believe and hang on to. It is a fact. Amen? Our Savior, our King is alive. And He has given us a living hope. Amen? A living hope. We experience it here and for eternity. All praise, glory, and honor be to Him. Jesus, hallelujah. It is with a heart filled, Lord, with such nervous tension and, and excitement. And, and Lord, just, just be God in this place. Lord, we're gathered here. We want to be with you. We want to be close to you, Lord. We're trying to draw near to you so that you will then draw near to us. Lord, we want to be with you. We want your presence here with us. And Lord, we want to be changed. We want to be different. Lord, we want to be truly your servants, truly your people who, are, who have your name, not, not tattooed, but your name literally written in them, on them, all over them, everything that we are, everything that we will be, Jesus, 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 have your way. In your great name, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Be seated. I am tight, wound up. And thank you all. Thank you for being baptized, for giving us the honor of experiencing that with you. And thank you to all the team, media, Michelle, uh, the praise team, Anthony, everybody who you know, had to do something awesome. Awesome. I really appreciate you, all of you. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to start in a couple of verses where we were last week because remember last week we talked about this baptism of repentance but then us absolutely, um, you know, we've been redeemed and we were bought with a price. Amen. So uh, let's begin there. In Isaiah, if you'll remember, in Isaiah 53 from last week, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. On who? Jesus. In Psalm 14, 2 and 3, the Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have altogether become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. So who, my friends, who is worthy of God in all of human history? Who is worthy of God? No, not one. None. We all are, are, have gone astray. All of humanity. And we're in need. Amen? Hallelujah. So we went over the scriptures about redemption and his blood and, and everything else, but uh, I want to speak to you this morning. Look at with me at 1 Peter 1. I'm going to be firing scriptures at you. Write them down. I'll try to give you some time to turn to them if you are using a paper Bible. But 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in the second part of verse 17. Conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Now, let me pause here for a moment. Again, I know I've said this to you so many times. This means an awestruck reverence of God. It doesn't mean to be afraid that He's going to squash you like a bug. Now, if you don't believe in God, you got that coming to you. If you don't acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to experience the wrath of God someday. But my brothers and sisters, this is speaking to Christians. And notice, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here on earth in fear, in this deep reverence, in this awe of God. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things 
like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. I want you to hang on to that tradition thing, if you would. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Very basic, rudimentary uh, as it relates to the Christian theology, the Christian doctrine. We all are redeemed by his blood. We know that the scripture, spiritual law says without the, the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. That's spiritual law. My brothers and sisters, one sacrifice, Hebrew te Hebrews tells us so many, throughout the Bible, it tells us about this lamb, this, this savior, this Messiah who would come, this one who would be the Paschal lamb for the whole world, this Paschal lamb, this Passover lamb who would literally take away the sins of the whole world, this Paschal lamb that doesn't have to be sacrificed every year. This one died once and for all. Amen? And it's now through faith in him that you, my brothers and sisters, are reconciled back to God. Amen? That's some great news. So we're going to go now into John. John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Beginning in verse 13. Some of it will be on the board when I get to it, but right now we're going to start in verse 13. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple those who sold oxen, sheep, doves, the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, and with the sheep and with the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. He said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house was eaten Come, do you see this? The zeal for your house has eaten me up. He had, come on. Now I want to tell you, I, I want to pause here for a minute. I'm, I'm going to try not to, I'm so excited right now and I'm so, I got this nervous tension all over me. I, there's so many different directions. But I want you to know, that zeal that he had for that house, amen, he was so passionate about it, right? He formed a whip and he whipped people and, and ox and all that out of it. Okay, now some people wanted to argue with me when I read that and said, well, he didn't really use the whip on people. No, he did. He drove the people out. That doesn't mean that he totally whipped them and all this stuff. They couldn't fathom that he would actually use a whip and, and you know, but he did. It says it, right? So, so my brothers and sisters, but you see what it says? That he has this zeal for this house, this passion for the house of God. Do you know what it says in the New Testament now toward us? That we are the temple of God. So that passion, that passion, that zeal that he had and he demonstrated there, he has that for you. That's how he feels about you. Amen? Hallelujah. So verse 18, look at it with me. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. So Jesus is predicting his own resurrection. Jesus is saying that you, when you destroy me, because you're going to, when you destroy me in three days, I'm going to raise it up. Amen? Amen? All right, so now let's just remember real quickly from last week, Acts 2.38. Peter said to them, repent. Now remember, context, because some of you didn't listen to the message. Shame on you. Some of you didn't listen to the message from last week. No, remember, this is Peter is, is speaking now. He's baptized with the Holy Ghost and the 120 from the upper room, and then he starts to preach a message, and he's using the scriptures, and he's laying it down, and he's laying it down hard and fast, and those people were pricked to the heart, it says, and then they say, what, what must we do? Right? And so this is what Peter says, 
Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Tony, you just said when we're baptized, that doesn't take away the sins. It doesn't. No, what he's saying here is, you're go, you, you'll be, see, remember, they already had a sin consciousness. He's speaking to people of the law. They already had a sin consciousness. And he already said, repent. You need to turn and go a different way. So he's saying, now, listen, now you are, you, you're baptized in Jesus Christ. Now you're not depending on the law for your sinlessness or to be sinless. Now you're being identified with Jesus Christ. You're being baptized with Jesus Christ. And now you're depending on Him for your sinlessness. Are you with me? Amen. See, so, so don't get mixed up and don't get confused, okay? The Bible does not contradict itself. You have to study and you have to know what it says. Hallelujah! So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to read. And I'm going to read uh, probably a little bit before that. In Acts chapter 2, this will be actually part of uh, his message, his Peter's message, after he was baptized with the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 22. I'm going to read a pretty long passage. Please pay attention. Okay? Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and have crucified and put to death. Do you, pause here. You, see, you understand those words? He's saying God had already ordained for that to happen. It wasn't just because you were lawless and you took it upon yourselves to do it. God ordained for that to happen. Jesus said, I lay my life down. No one takes it. I'm giving it up. Amen? By whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, see, David was prophesying. David probably didn't even understand what he was saying when he said it, when he was led by the Holy Spirit to pen these words. But here's what he said. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you about the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us today. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and here, my brothers and sisters, there's a handful of elements here that I really want to make uh, draw your attention to. Number one, obviously what the apostle is, is testifying of, listen, Jesus is risen from the dead. We have seen him. This was all predetermined by God, and this is not something that men cooked up. And he has risen from the dead, and David even prophesied this centuries ago, and this is what we're witness to. Amen? And look at what he says. And this what you're now seeing is the promise of the Father. Now we receive the Holy Spirit because Jesus did what he did and he's now in glory seated at the right. Come on. Hallelujah. 
So now you have this promise. You have this gift. You have this helper. Remember those messages. You have this helper. You have, come on, you have this consoler. You have this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm got, just let me read a little more. Just a little more. In 1 Corinthians, write it down, look it up later. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. For I delivered to you first of all that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He was seen by Cephas, He was then, the, then by the twelve, Peter by the way, after that He was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Do you understand what Paul is saying here? He's saying, I preach this gospel message to you. I, I preach this message. And part of this message includes, listen, Christ Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And he was witnessed by many people. He, and he names names. And so, my brothers and sisters, first I want, I want to start with James, because I find this a little bit intriguing. We know of at least three James. J James the Elder, James the Lesser. There was also James, the half-brother of Jesus, Mary's son that she had by her husband Joseph. He was the oldest brother but, but under Jesus. But he himself, while Jesus was alive and preaching and ministering, he didn't believe in him. He thought he was a lunatic. I believe, my brothers and sisters, that when he says James, it's not James the Lesser. He's named with the apostles. He appeared to the apostles. I believe when this is pointing out James, I believe it's James, the half-brother of Jesus, who at first did not believe in him, thought he was a lunatic, but then became the leader of the church at Jerusalem. What happened? What happened? When he saw Jesus alive, he then knew everything that Jesus said and did was absolutely God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Total conversion. <gasps> Do you, can you, I, 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 I'm just crazy, I guess. Maybe, maybe I'm nuts, I don't know. But I imagine what that meeting might have looked like. Can you imagine James and, and, and how he must have fell at his brother's feet? I'm sorry for all of those things that I said about you. I'm so sorry. And I can imagine the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ Amen. speaking to him and saying, no, no, no. We got this. We got this. You're called. You've got a job to do. And he died doing it. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I want to tell you, my brothers and sisters, we can, there are other people, but I like also in this, it says that there were 500 people that saw him simultaneously. And what, what the apostle is saying is, most of them are still alive. They can still make the testimony. Go talk to them. We have living witnesses, living eyewitnesses. Some have passed away, but we have living eyewitnesses. We have the apostles, you have me, you have these people that are just people in the church. You have all of these people. Just ask them. Uh, you know, in the, in the morning, uh, as my habit, I mean, sometimes I'll get text messages from other pastors and, and men of God, just kind of, kind of encouragement. We'll text back and forth and things of that nature. Um, but this morning also, I text out, you know, Happy Resurrection Day to a lot of my friends and, and other preachers, ministers. And I got one back from my, my dear brother in Michigan. Um, 
and he sent me, uh, you know, greeting, obviously, but he also sent me something. It was a picture with some words on it, and it sh I, I just love it. I want to share it with you. In the text, it said, there are 4,200 4, world religions, but there is only one empty tomb. There is only one man who conquered sin, death, and hell forever. There is only one way to heaven. His name is Jesus. So, so let me ask you, what other... What other religion or what other way to heaven can make the boast of God himself taking a body, allowing that body to be tortured mercilessly, allowing that body to expire after spilling all of his blood, being put in a tomb, and then coming out the third day just like he said he would, alive? What other one? Name it. There is none. So, so, that's a, that, so, so as far as human beings go, as far as science goes, as, as far as whatever intellectual level that you've achieved, you know, can you rationalize that? Can you explain that? And the answer has to be, no, I can't explain that, but he did. And so now it's by faith that I received that. But here's the thing. It's not blind faith. How can I say that? Because Paul just said, look at all of these people who have seen him. Who can testify of that. So my brothers and sisters, there's no doubt that we're, we're absolutely, positively blessed beyond measure to not only have a God who loves us, who laid down his life, but a God who also, again, restored life to a lifeless body, took himself, listen, and that same power that raised him from the dead, he now has imparted to you and to me. Are you kidding me? So, Everything that Jesus said, everything that he did, is now validated because Sunday came. Everything that he said, everything that he did, is true. So tell me, who will I believe? Will I believe someone else who has this philosophy, that philosophy? He's the only one that can back it up by giving his life and then taking it up again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So who am I going to believe? No doubt. So now what do I do with this knowledge? Hopefully, you know, we all know this and some of this is going to be basic information, but I want to really bear with me. I'm going to be reading out of Colossians and then Ephesians. Colossians and then Ephesians. And some of it will be on the board. Some of it will not. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, beginning in verse 11. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Look at 13 with me. And you being dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh he has made alive together with him. Hallelujah. Having forgiven all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. My brothers and sisters, very basic rudimentary understanding of the Christian theology. But my brothers and sisters, this is not just about what we get to enjoy after this life. We enjoy his life now. Watch. Being dead in your sins and trespasses, we were already counted as dead, walking in our sins and trespasses. Right? Because of the flesh. He's made us alive together. But re remember what it said in that verse 11. Putting off the body of sins. So, 
This has to be supernatural. It has to be spiritual. Because when I became born again, He didn't give me a new body. In fact, the body that I have is aging. It doesn't, even, it doesn't look the same. And all the older people in the house said, Amen. It doesn't look the same. Thank God as I'm getting older, Michelle's vision is getting duller. Thank you, Jesus. No, but, but, but think about this for a moment. I mean, this is talking something that's supernatural, that's spiritual. Right? And this is what we battle with all the time. But He's made us alive together with Him. That's the key element, my brothers, my sisters. He's made us alive together with Him. Amen? So now let's look at... Uh, this, now again, this speaks to our current state. Again, I want to emphasize the, you know, very, very readily here that we're not just talking about eternally. We have eternal life right now. Everybody lives forever. You know that, right? Some in eternal torment and some in the presence of Almighty God. Amen? That ha that's just the way it is, okay? So when he's talking about eternal life, he's not talking about, you know, he's talking about the life that we enjoy with him as opposed to the other. So, my brothers and sisters, but we have that now. How do I know that? Because uh, I'm smart. It just said it, that we have this with Him. We are with Him. We are already with Him. Amen? Okay. And you, again, this is Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And you, He made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. He, we were dead. We were counted as dead before we became born again. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. Do you hear that? You lived according... See, remember up there it said traditions of men. Now it's saying according to the course of this world. According to the prince and the power of the air. Who's that? The enemy of our soul. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath just as the others. We were just like everybody else before we came to Christ, before we came born, became born again and we were raised to newness of life. Again, my brothers and sisters, I, the, the baptism was awesome today because it, the, the, our, our, our sisters have, have actually given us a point of demonstration. When they're going under, you know, that's the putting away of the old, that's signifying the putting away of the old flesh. They've already done that. They've been baptized in the blood, but that's making the outward statement. I'm putting away the old flesh. I'm putting away that, that now, that desire, all of that. I'm, 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 I'm putting that to death. And now I'm being raised in the newness of life with Him. So now I'm living, listen, I'm coupled with Him. So now, by His grace, I have the ability to go ahead and live according to that new life that He's providing for me. Amen? Amen. Is that ringing, is anybody, is that tracking with you? Okay, so look, if I fail, if I mess up, guess whose fault it is not? Not His. Amen? Okay, just making sure you understand that. We have uh, fulfilling desires of flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Verse 4, look at it with me. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us. And that's the main reason. He purposed in His heart, and God is the essence of love. And He made you and I according to His image, for His purpose, for His reason, for His plan. And, mo and, and my brothers and sisters, we see, it says in Ephesians, why He did it. Amen? But His essence is love. And he's, that's why he's given you and I choice. 
so that we could see love and respond to love with love. I follow him because I love him, not because I am afraid of hell. I follow him because I recognize the love that he has for me, and now I want to return that love. Amen? That's my choice. And in doing so, I have to, again, you know, disregard the flesh and the mind. Okay? Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. With Christ. With Christ. By grace you've been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen. Past tense. It's done. It's done. Well, Tom, you know, this, that's good preacher talk and all that, and it's good to pump. Listen, his resurrection, he's alive, and now we're made alive in him. We've passed from death to life, and now it says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. What does that mean? Well, number one thing, for me, what I really like, one of the things that I love about that is I know that he's in heaven making intercession for me. Amen? Amen? I, I, he's my, he's, I've had, I have his spirit down here uh, as my comforter, as my guide, as my teacher, as my consoler, right? But I also have him up there on my behalf making concession for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is awesome stuff. But here's what it also means. Because I came up out of that water, because I've been baptized, because I've been baptized in his blood, and because now I'm made to sit in heavenly places with him, heaven is my home. I am a resident of the kingdom of God, not the United States of America. Yeah, I'm here now just by, I guess, his grace and, and his purpose and plan. He wanted me to be here and not be someplace else. And praise God, the same with you. But here's the deal. My, listen, my citizenship is in heaven. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. So the thing that guides and, and guards my life is that kingdom. Amen? Amen? Amen. Spiritual kingdom. Thank you. Ah, I can't see it right now, but it's inside of me. Jesus gave me an opportunity to wrap my little old brain around it. Now some of you could have disagreed right there. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now I'm going to go back to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. See, this is our response now to this resurrection. We've got all of this stuff that was, that was given to us by Christ, in Christ, through Christ. And it was all confirmed and it was all hallelujah. It's just unbelievable. In that resurrection, it sealed the deal. Amen? Okay, so now look, in Colossians 3, beginning of verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. See, that's why water baptism. That's why in front of people. I'm making that statement. This morning, our, our, our young women made that statement. And so, my brothers and sisters, that's the statement that we all should make if we're born, listen, if we're born again, if we receive the baptism of the blood of Jesus Christ, that baptism which says to us, I stink. Remember last week, I stink on ice. I need to be redeemed. And the only thing that can pay the price for my sin, the only thing that can wash me clean is the blood of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit baptizes us with that blood. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So I want to tell you, 
Um, I was fired up earlier this week. I, I knew the direction I was going, and there was something. I, I, I received a, a postcard in the mail, and I, I'm gonna, don't look at me. I received a postcard in the mail, and it was one of these, one of the bigger churches in our area that um, I, I just don't, I, I just don't want to. They do this annual uh, Easter thing. I don't like even calling it Easter. It's Resurrection Sunday. They do this annual Easter thing, and they're this they're promoting, and they're and you know where they do the egg drop and all the kids and all this stuff. Oh, it's fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good. Remember what he talked about? Not the traditions of men, yeah. right? So so they do this thing, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, okay, God, that's not what this day is about. So now, I know some of you, you have children and it's tough and I did it and we had to make some decisions and it was difficult and all that other stuff. I mean, we you know, hid crosses for them to find crosses and stuff like this. But my brothers and sisters, I, I got to tell you, it, it breaks my heart that this is so ingrained in the church that it's not an issue for congregants to do to really decide in their own homes and everything. Now you have the church promoting it and promoting it on such a large scale. It bothers me. Why? Because I'm, when I'm reading the scriptures and it's saying to me that I should be motivated by spirit, I'm seated with him in heavenly places now. No fun for the kids, Tony. And all. Well, who gets to define that? Because let me explain to you a little bit. I, I, I've read, I, I'm sure there's some people in here and certainly people watching. I mean, when the Roman church decided that Christianity was going to be the government or the sanctioned uh, religion, for lack of a better word, um, they had, remember, they were a kingdom of basically pagans. And so what they did was they matched some of the Christian things, the holy things, with the pagan things to kind of soften it up to get more people to believe and to participate. Okay? Is that tracking with anybody right now? We got to do some things to make more people participate. What are you inviting them to participate in? Exactly. Because, see, if you do some reading and some research, uh, Easter has... Uh, roots in paganism and you know there are different gods that are associated or these goddesses if you will Ashtaroth I mean uh, I, I can't even pronounce all the names but you know many in this room Diana there are many in here that will understand that and when you go back my brothers and sisters if you really research this and you really look it could all be taken back to the Tower of Babel the Tower of Babel, when they started worshiping the creation and stopped worshiping the Creator, and they knew. They, they weren't without knowledge. They knew that there was a God. But they chose to worship the creation. And they chose to worship stars and astrology. And they started coming up with their own gods. Do you know where that Easter egg thing comes from? One of the myths is that, I think it, I can't remember which name, it was the Ashtaroth or whatever this goddess was, that basically an egg came out of the sky and landed in the Euphrates River and that's how she came to be. 
So that's why we hunt Easter eggs. That's part of the thing. Part of the thing is too, because in the spring, the animals are reproducing, the vegetation all greens back in, and so that's part of the, the, you know, they celebrate the solstices and the length of days and blah, 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 positions of the planets and the moon and all this other stuff. So it's, look, it, did God do that? Yeah, God is the one that created all of that. For his purpose. For his plan. But, Men, human beings, who were in, influenced by the enemy of your soul, we just read it. Didn't we? We just read it. See, my brothers and sisters, Easter egg hunting and the rabbits, the, the rabbits because of the fertility and, and all of that other thing. You know, we could, you know, it, all this, it has its roots in worshiping demons. I'm telling you the truth. Research it for yourself. But see, when I say stuff like this, that's not conducive with filling the building or making people feel good. It's truth. I, I can't help it. So now, we've, the problem that I have, the world is going to do that. Yes. That's what they do. That's what they are. That's what they know. But we're supposed to know differently. Right? And so we can't start attaching some... So now, listen, well, I, Tony, I mean, I've, I, I've let my kids hunt research. I'm not worshiping any demons. You're not per se, but you are in your actions and in your activities. You are. You know, and, and I think last night when we, we met briefly um, and we talked about some things, I, and unfortunately Anita's probably going to have to hear this twice. Um, think about it this way. Think about even Christmas. We're celebrating. It was, people say, well, he wasn't even born on the 25th. Okay, Forget that for now. It doesn't matter. That's become the day in our congregations that we celebrate the birth of Christ. And we're doing that so that our children have, listen, they have some kind of guidance. They have something that they can question. Something that shows them that Jesus is real. But let me ask you something. At Christmas, how much time do you spend shopping, thinking about shopping, eating, drinking, doing what, all of these other things, opening presents, buying presents, versus how much time do you actually spend worshiping God? Now, again, listen, please hear my heart. I'm not trying to bring condemnation on anybody. What I am trying to do as a leader in his church and as a last day pastor is I'm telling you that this is the subtlety of the enemy. This is how he does it. Amen? Easter. Praise God. This is Resurrection Sunday for us. Okay? So I'm telling you. I have memories, and if the church in Pennsylvania is watching, my cousin could testify. When we were kids, man, we weren't born again. We were at the Roman church or whatever. But anyway, we were, but we, every Easter Sunday, that's what we called it, we went to Grandma's house. And my father, his family, my mother, all of us, we went to, and so we had the, the wiffle ball game. We had, well, that was, that was the tradition. We had the, we had the wiffle ball game. So, yeah, and all the fathers and the sons, and we went out there and we played wiffle ball, and that was the game. And, and those guys, my father and his brothers were so competitive, and yeah, they were all athletes, quote unquote, but they all, they were so competitive. Then the kids in world compete, but man, we look forward to that. I'm telling you today, today, my family will be on a baseball field playing wiffle ball somewhere. 
Is that sinful? Not in and of itself. But I will tell you, if that's what it becomes, hunting Easter eggs, giving out the candy, and then playing wiffle ball, and that's what it is, then yes, it's wrong, it's sinful for a Christian. The world's going to do what they're going to do, but they don't know any better. Hallelujah. Let me, let me, in 1 Timothy, remember this. Just write it down. Look it up later. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Here's what it says. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Listen, when, at, listen, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and the enemy of their soul started to talk to Eve, he didn't say, do this and worship me. No, he just planted some seeds to make her doubt just a little bit. Just planted a couple of seeds. So my brothers and sisters, those of us who are older, we should know better by now. I've made, I've made so many mistakes through my lifetime. And I'm talking about through my Christian life. Since I've been born again, I've made so many mistakes. I wish I could go back and I can turn it around, but I can't. Some of them were just out of having zeal with no knowledge. Some were just being immature and silly. I wish I could change, but I can't change it. Praise God, I've confessed it. It's under the blood. But see, what I can't do now is go ahead and, and just whitewash everything else. Going forward, I know these things and I'm responsible for these things. You know these things, you're responsible for these things. So it bothers me that you know, in the church, these things are the things that are prominent, that are pro because it's just these little things. Just these little things. So now watch. I, this is the way I think. So now, you're honoring these traditions of men who really come from doctrines of demons. So let me ask you something. If you're doing that as a practice, as a congregation, what are the chances that Holy Spirit is going to be moving with His power, His miracles, signs, and wonders in that congregation? Not very good. Not very good. Because you can't mix the traditions of men and the, and the Spirit of God and have it turn out right. It don't work that way. And it's not God punishing you or punishing me. It's not God being spiteful to us. God is doing everything He can do so that we will know. So that we will know. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. Let me, I want, I want to go back. I, this, I, I thrown in on the way here. I'm telling you, Exodus chapter 12. Just listen to me. Just, see, now remember, this is the Exodus. The, the Hebrew, the Israel people, they're in bondage to Egypt. Now remember, God calls Moses, tell Pharaoh, let my people go so that they may go three days into the wilderness and worship me. I, they're not going to worship your demon gods anymore. They're coming to worship me. Amen? And so then Pharaoh says no, and then they had that contest. Now remember, the last one was the institution of Passover. And the institution of Passover was speaking to the Christ, the Messiah, the Paschal Lamb that we now celebrate today. The one who died for sins for once and for all. Amen? But they had to use that, and remember what they had to do. They had to kill that lamb, and they had to spread his blood over the, the lentil and the doorposts so that the destroyer, the death angel, would go pass them by because of that blood. That blood covered their sin. Amen? Okay, so now after God gives them all of the instructions on how to do this Passover, and how to prepare it, what to do about it, look at what he says in verse 24 through 27 of chapter 12 in Exodus. And you shall observe these things as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. Forever. When God says forever, what do you think he means? 20 years, 50 years? 
forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, that you shall keep this service. Look at verse 12, if you have it. Verse 26 says this, And it shall be when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? You're doing this so that the children will also see, and then when they ask you about this, you're going to be able to tell them about their God that delivered them from the Egyptians. So my brothers and sisters, what are we showing our kids on Resurrection Sunday? Are we showing them the Easter bunny, Easter eggs, and all of this stuff? And are we forgetting the most important thing about what it is that we should be celebrating today? Hallelujah! Come and visit me next week. Come on, are you, are you with me? See, this is, this. listen, this is God imparting wisdom to you and I on how to be successful. On how if we live this life, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have challenges. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have some bumps and bruises. It doesn't mean that, but what he's saying is ultimately if you follow this, it will work out in your favor and in the favor of your family. How many people in here who have children wouldn't give up their own lives for their children? So if you're willing to give up your life for your children, then why don't you give your life to Christ for your children? Amen. Hallelujah. And when you give your life to Christ, that means you're seated with Him in heavenly places. Now you're, not, you're no longer ruled and reigned by what's in here or what's in here. You're ruled and reigned by the authority of heaven. Spiritual. Isn't that awesome stuff? And listen, and God is not keeping it a secret. He's not hiding it. He's letting you know and He's even put me in your path to start shouting and spitting and spewing. Come on! And unfortunately for my family, <laughs> you're stuck with me. <laughs> but, but, you, but, but do you hear my heart? No, no. Do you hear God's heart? Resurrection Sunday. Resurrection Sunday. We're raised to live in this newness of life, no longer according to the traditions of men. And we, as the mature Christians, we should make sure that there is a guard at the gate so that the enemy doesn't try to introduce these subtle little things. See, I don't think that anybody in this room uh, that has ever done that or will do that thinks that, and, and are purposely worshiping demons. But subtly, that's how he moves in. Subtly, with these traditions, with this thing which seems rather innocuous. This thing that seems, wow, how bad could that be? Well, that's nothing. It says it, doesn't it? We're supposed to be doing these things that when our children ask us questions, we can give his reason. So that the Christ that's risen from the dead that is invisible to them can be plainly seen through you and through what you're doing. Amen. And so now I've got young people in here, singles. I've got some people who are not so young. That means, listen, everything that we need to be doing, it needs to be according to His will. Romans 6. You'll look at this one with me. Romans 6, 3 and 4. Just two more scriptures and then we'll be ready to go. But I want you to commit this to your heart, to your memory. Amen? 
Do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him through baptism unto death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we also should walk in the newness of life. You see what he's saying? When you're baptized into him, again, this is repetitive, you're dying to yourself. The old man is dead. And now we're walking in this newness of life in Christ Jesus, which again has no part with demons, has no part with any of these traditions of men, with these traditions that, listen, steer us or subtle and, and lead us in a direction that is definitely not in the direction of God. Amen? One more. First Peter 4. Verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Did you see that? That he no longer should live in the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men. Read that with me. But for the will of God. Do you see? And that's going to cost you and me. Because that flesh doesn't die easily. When I became born again, like I said to you a little while ago, God didn't wave a magic wand over this body. He dealt me a measure of His Spirit. He gave me the Spirit of adoption. Amen? I've been dealt a measure of faith. So now it's up to me to do something about that, with that. Amen? Amen. So look, look. It's according to His will. What is God's will for your life? I've been praying a long time, Tony, and, I, and He still hasn't revealed it to me. I can tell you. I can tell you. Your will is to know what the good works are that He's called you to, and He names them in the Scripture, and do those. I remember, I used to say this constantly, we, when we become Christians, or the thought of becoming Christians, especially when we were younger, is the don't do's. I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't have no fun, I can't. Mm -hmm. I can't smoke, I can't drink, I can't list the can'ts. Stop worrying about the don't do's and start doing the do-do's. First of all, love Him. Amen. Love Him. Amen. Love Him. Make Him number one in your life. Jesus. Start there. I know this. God has blessed me with my wife. And here's what I know. I don't like being away from her for any length of time. I'm, I'm just being honest. And not just because she's sitting in this room. Because let me tell you something. Whatever I say, it gets told to her anyway. So. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I don't like spending a lot, an any kind of time away from her. And when we're together, I want to be with her you know, we're engaged. And I'm not, get your mind, I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about mentally, emotionally. Come on. I, I, we're together. I, I love her. There's no other human being on earth that I love more. None. I love her. And because I love her, I want to be with her. So if you love Christ, I know how he feels about you. I know how he feels. How do I know that? He stretched out his arms. 
And before he did that, he, he let them torture him brutally. And then he stretched out his arms for you. For you. He loves you. So now, how are we going to respond to that love? Stand with me, please. I, I just I want to say a couple of things both to the congregation that's in this room with me and to everyone who's under the sound of my voice, the congregations that are watching digitally. Listen, if there is any doubt in your mind whatsoever that you really gave your life to the Lord, you're really born again, let this day not pass. Do not leave this building. Do not leave the front of that computer or that phone or however you're watching or viewing. Do not let another moment pass. He died for you. And He rose to give you the newness of life. Don't waste this opportunity. Don't waste it. He loves you. And He did everything for you. So make this the day that you say, Jesus, I'm one of those in your scripture that says, I've gone my own way. I've gone astray. But Jesus, no longer me, but you. I want to live for you. I want your blood to wash my sins away. I want to be reconciled back to God. If you really confess that and you mean it, and you ask Jesus to take your life, you're born again. You're born again. So read and pray. Read. Start with the Gospel of John. Well, I've read that so many times. Read it. But now that you're born again, read it and let Jesus minister to you. Amen? Amen. And so some of us, either in this room, or you're watching digitally, you know that you've made a confession a long time ago. And you were born again. But a lot of water has passed under the bridge. And you know you're not in that place where you're supposed to be. Listen. God is not sitting there like some old guy on a judgment seat waiting to just pull the rug out from underneath you. He's not. He's compassionate. He's merciful. He's just waiting for you to call on His name so that He can wash you clean again. So that He can come by your side. And that you can enjoy this life. His life. And you could be, again, reassured, anchored, and not tossed to and fro anymore by the lust of your own flesh by the imagination that you have. Amen? If that's you, today is the day. Today is the day. Go to Him in prayer. Ask for forgiveness. The Bible guarantees you, and He is not a man that He should lie, neither the Son of Man that He should repent. He is 100% true. And He said, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. And you'll be restored to full righteousness. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, if that didn't describe any of you, you're just so glad that the Lord is ministering to your heart. Let's give a praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus, for this Resurrection Sunday. Thank you, Jesus, that today this is going to be another spiritual marker, not just in the three that came, but in all of our lives, in all of our lives, let this be another spiritual marker. We just took another step, all of us, 
because the word of God came to us in, listen, in spirit and in truth. Amen? Amen. So let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you all. Enjoy a great Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. 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 Hey.